0: Log Talk Radio
2: Ah, last week we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the Do Time crew, and we talked about the couple who were making six figures a year. The two of them, to the tune of two hundred thousand dollars they started off as broke college students, and they made their way to two hundred thousand dollars and could not figure where their money had gone. Yes, they were broke even after making a hundred thousand dollars each. Yes, uh, she said that she considered them to be middle class. And uh, they couldn't find their money They were so busy spending Well, at the top of 2024 They had to take that total of $4,600 a month That they were spending down to $3,340, yes And that included slicing away a $416 gym membership. Yep. That meant that the eating out had to go from $300 a month to zero. And that meant that their socializing had to go from $105,000 to zero. Yes. And that's just A couple of things. They went from saving nothing to saving $400 a month. And if they could do it, you can too. All you have to do is just shave. Stop trying to live like the Joneses. And that walked us right into our Switch tip. Number 176, yes, we had to switch with Shantice. Stop trying to fix yourself, yes. You think that they went from $4,601 down to $3,370 all by themselves? Nope. They had to lean on the Lord. There's no way in the world they could have gotten that done. So, are you trying to stop that smoking? Are you trying to stop all that crazy spending? Are you trying to break some nasty bad habit that you've been holding on to and you thought you would be able to get rid of after all this time? Well, if the answer is yes, then let me help you out. Stop trying to fix yourself and take it to the Lord. Yes. There's no way you can do it by yourself. None, 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 none. Okay. All righty. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And uh, we got to talking about that lift driver who called himself Philly Jesus, who calls himself, rather, Philly Jesus, after taking just years away, and he was on a hiatus from driving the Lyft, or with the Lyft car service, and uh, he had to, uh, you know, take a little break because he had gotten arrested for trespassing, As well as You know something happened with his uh, Marriage, there was divorce He uh, Experienced death with his dad And his grandmother But he's back And he's back With the Holy Bible up on the Dashboard, the gospel Music playing in the background While he's Picking up his passengers Donned in his white robe, his beard, his sandy color beard, his sandy color straight hair, says he is looking like his superhero Jesus and he's got to, you know, ask God uh or Jesus each morning. Jesus take the wheel. And um he ministers and, you know, talks about the Lord to his passengers. And, you know, you're kind of like in the Catch-22 situation here because, yes, it's wonderful that we, you know, definitely give the Word of God to all of God's people. Yes, because we're supposed to, you know, preach this Word in season and out of season. However, we really can't dress up like Jesus in order to do so. Well, that would really be hard because we don't know what Jesus looks like or what he looked like. And uh, that picture that has been floating around for centuries and centuries. We don't know if that's the way Jesus looks. So you can't, uh, you know, do all of that. Just give the word of God and, you know, make God happy with that. All right? All righty. Wow, wow, Wednesday rolled around and we got to talking with our girlfriend Vivian And uh, she gave us her socially conscious segments And we talked about the 2023 study with the 12-year-olds And found out that, uh, yeah, gang banging starts way back when uh, and in doing so, and talking to some others, they found out that the average age is fourteen for joining a gang, fifteen years arrested and having a gun in their hand. yep, that's the average age for that and uh eighty five percent of who they spoke to felt that the gang leader played a prominent role in their life yeah i tell you and uh there is a i mean a an astonishing fact that the united states has more incarcerated youth than any other place in the world ooh that one there that hurt Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's because we don't know how to show love, the biblical way of showing love. And that's what we talked about with the ladies. And we talked about caring for one another. Yep. That point is made in 1 Corinthians twelve 25. We're talking about the biblical way of showing love. We're talking, not talking about the street love. We're talking about how to accept one another. The fact that we need to accept one another. Romans fifteen seven seven. Yeah, straight seven. Fifteen seven. Okay? So beautiful job as always from the ladies. And go back and uh get some of them facts. Okay? All right. Well, we had a special Thursday. Uh, Therapeutic Thursday Rolled around and we talked about
0: finances
2: Oh my goodness It was really, really, really Just Fact-filled Information about the best checking accounts uh, To have And you know Some people didn't know that there were student checking accounts Senior Checking accounts free Checking accounts, rewards Checking account yeah Yeah, we even broke down the difference Between the financial Financial, excuse me Institutions, well that's the credit union And the bank Yeah Really, really kind of Dove into that So I tell you Really, really, really good Fact finding Morning Well Those Biblical Ways to Show Love came up again on Freestyle Friday. Yep. We talked to the men about the ways we show love biblically. And we talked about encouraging and esteeming one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 14. We talked about bear with and forgiving complaints against others. Colossians 3.13 and we talked about having regard or being able to regard others as more important than you. Philippians 2 verse 3. So we were all over that thing called Biblical Ways to Show Love last week and I have to tell you the men took us into a thought provoking weekend yes they did fine job fine job that was done and that's how we spent our week that's how we spent our week you know if you missed anything I encourage you to go back and listen alright you gotta go back and listen got to go back and listen Because I'm telling you Especially Thursday Well I can't just say Especially Thursday Because wow Wednesday and Friday With the Biblical Ways To Show Love I tell you Mmm Wow I tell you It was fantastic last week Fantastic And you don't want to You know Miss anything I know you may not be able To catch us live Every day But uh Let me remind you, if you do miss us in the morning from 7 to 9, Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can catch us 24 hours a day. Yes, we are on demand. So it's okay because as of 9.05, each and every morning, Block Talk already has the repeat. Five minutes after 9. I mean, come on, you can't get it no better than that. So mm, you can pick us up if you don't go on Blog Talk. You can pick us up on Spotify. You can pick us up on iHeartRadio, Audible.com. Let's see, Amazon Prime Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple iPod. Wait, wait. Apple iTunes and Podcasts. Yo, we are all over the board. So there's no reason you don't get that recap for the day now it's given to us each day 7 to 9 in order to get our day jump started yes so you know God gives us a whole lot to think about throughout the entire day but just in case you just can't catch us then you know what He even gave you something to marinate overnight with yes and God spares your life the next morning It's on It's on It's on And it's on All right, So I tell you Don't miss it Don't miss it Don't listen Steve Harvey And his crew Ricky Smiley And his crew And all the They got nothing On It's due time With Pastor Steph Trust me when I tell you I used to listen to them I can't listen to them now Because I'm on myself But As much As fun as they were They don't give you what we give you. No, God has it all laid out here for us. And they're music-based. We're not. So, you know, it's really wonderful that we get an opportunity to share each and every morning. So, we're going to get this morning started. I do have some stuff to talk to you about this morning. All right? All right? So let's go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is off. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back.
3: Bloating for no good reason. Pelvic pain or pressure that doesn't go away and you don't know why. Feeling too full, too fast, even when you eat just a little. Unusual bleeding or spotting, like having longer or heavier periods than what's normal for you, or bleeding after you've gone through menopause. Bloating, pain or pressure, feeling too full, too fast, unusual bleeding. These aren't just words. They could be symptoms of a gynecologic cancer, such as cervical, ovarian, uterine, vaginal, and vulvar cancers. Learn the symptoms. And if you notice anything unusual and it goes on for two weeks or longer, see a doctor. It may be nothing, but find out for sure. Listen to your body and get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers.
2: Good morning, good morning, and yes, good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Monday, and we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Oh my goodness, now, you know, you know, you know, you know that I know that you know that. I know. We couldn't say good morning today without talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The San Francisco 49ers thought they had us last night, but it just didn't go down like that. That overtime Counted. Man, if not for that 19-point match, equal point, oh, match at the end of the regulation time, and took us into that extra 15 minutes. And the rule was that both of them had to have possession of the ball. Oh, my goodness, yes, San Francisco 49ers thought they had it in the bag. But they did (laughs) it Oh, 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 oh Oh, I had a ball last night Yes, we ate ourselves I mean, just We ate, y'all We ate, we ate And we ate again And then we ate again And we still have food Look at God Look at God. And as Serge would say, won't he do it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, it's so good to know that, you know, you can have a good time and still be in the Lord. You know, some people really believe that you can't do this, can't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And as Shantice would say, you got them dry Christians. But man, we had a ball. We had a ball, you know. Uh, you know, two of us were really at it last night and, you know, I, I just give God thanks that, you know, he's really shown a way for us to be able to enjoy ourselves and we didn't have to really worry about, you know, not you know, being sinful and you know, we can't you know, oh my gosh, we can't drink so we can't have a good time or
1: no, we had a ball.
2: We had a ball, so congratulations to those chiefs. Oh, my, 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 my. Well, you know what Monday morning means over here. The first thing we do is we get that health tip. And I came across something that I thought was really, really interesting. Because I remember when I was actually in the workforce. Now, it's been a minute. How I used to eat at my desk. And I came across an article that talks about working through lunch and how they don't recommend that. Yeah. So I have to tell you, we're going to go through this together because unlike other Uh, mornings, I've already kind of breezed through some of it, but I really didn't, you know, didn't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was still just kind of tired from, uh, the hard work I did yesterday, oh my goodness gracious, so, they took a survey. Of 5,000 workers Across the United States And they found that Nearly 48% Of people Skip An actual lunch break At least once a week Now legally You have to take a lunch break here in New York After every four hours You're supposed to have a half hour break So I don't know, you know, if things have changed because like I said, haven't been in the workforce in five minutes but I know they haven't changed it, even if they've changed the basic amount of time I'm sure it's still is still in effect. So they said that they found in this report that twenty three percent of the people said that they do so in order to finish their work on time. And 22% feared that they wouldn't have enough time to get their work done if they didn't work through their lunch. And 20% said that they had too many meetings to take a break. So they said that, they saw that employees are thinking about the short-term impact on productivity and losing sight on the big picture. Well, I have to tell you, that's just people in general. You know, our, our focus is really not on the big picture in the grand scheme of things. It's always on those little pockets. Well, they say that in the long term, not pausing in order to refuel leads to burnout, stress, and less mental clarity. Okay? And that is something that's really not surprising. And they said that that you will really lack productivity and overall job satisfaction. So they said 48% of the workers said that they are less burned out when they do take a break, and I mean, again, think about what the, um, the break ultimately does and why they mandate the law, the federal law mandates that you do take a break. Because when you get up and away from that desk, whether it's to just take a walk around the block whether it's to just go and chill somewhere for, you know, 15 minutes, half hour, and then, you know, grab something to eat. Um, It does kind of give a pause and reset on your brain. So they took a minute to tell us why taking a defined lunch break is so vital. So they said that 53% of the workers that they surveyed revealed that they had more mental clarity when they stopped for lunch and seventy eight percent of workers said that taking a lunch break improves their job performance. So they're saying in, in in the fast paced work culture, most people get caught up in the common practice of just working through the lunch period and you believe that it saves time, and, you know, if you don't, you know, take that break, you're going to get a lot more handled and taken care of. But, again, they say that the uh, significant implications, not only bear truth that productivity is more but your physical and mental well-being is me. I mean, it's just really it shoots it shoots that up straight up. They took um, uh, uh, some dietitians weighed in and said that taking a lunch break was really really good, and you know it allows you to step out of the professional mindset. It fosters a sense of separation between your work and your personal life. And a lot of times if you were to, you know, this is kind of like a side note, step out and take that call or make that call, then you don't have to worry about trying to multitask, um, you know, during the day. And they said that it gives you a cognitive... Recharge during the workday Okay So You want to make sure You get that increased focus And clarity Alright They talked about the nutritional implications Of Working through lunch They say That when you work At your desk In your Cubicle if you will You have mindless eating, so you often eat more when you are at your desk because you're not paying attention to the eating. It makes so much sense. And they say you rush also. And when you eat lunch most times, it's... um it's not more healthy foods because, again, you're not paying attention to what you're eating. So they say that you end up with a lower energy level. Yeah. And they say skipping lunch or opting for foods, high in refined sugars and fats, can contribute to a mid-afternoon energy slump. Well, they always talk about how you go on, your body goes on those highs and lows, and it's based on what you're eating. We've talked about that here it's quite some time ago. But they say that your food choices are not as on point when you eat through lunch. Mm, okay. So what you need to do is leave your desk, eat your lunch in the break room. They say make sure you dine off-site as much as you can. I want to tell you something. That also helps you to stop resenting the job so much. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a chance to step away, you'll separate yourself from, again, that that, that work mindset to the personal mindset because, All right, so look at it this way. When you step away from your desk for at least that half hour, that's your time. If you're at the desk, the phone's ringing, somebody is is more prone to come over to you and speak to you, and uh, do you get those looks or have you given those looks? Give me a thumbs up. If you've had somebody walk over to you while you were at your desk, taking your break, and they walked over to you and you just, you wouldn't even look up all the way, you just kind of look up with your eyes like, I know they're really not stopping at my desk, you know I'm on my lunch break, and you, or you see me eating, and you still talking, that's why it's so imperative that you get away from your desk, because now it's your time, nobody's infringing on your time, whether it's, by mistake or intentional, because people figure, well, you're sitting at your desk so I can talk. So it's not only a nutritional thing, but it's also a mental and emotional thing. So I'm telling you, it works. Try it. Try it and let me know Oh, I'm getting some thumbs up I'm getting some thumbs up Listen, I haven't been at a desk A work desk since 2011 But trust me when I tell you Oh, I'm getting more I'm getting more I'm getting more um, I know, I, I can't remember Like it was yesterday I can't remember like It was yesterday. And I'm going to tell you something. As a person who works at home, you have to develop the same habits. Because if you don't, it's it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. Here we go. Here we go. We got a comment from our listeners. It used to get so bad at a previous job that I purposely used to go to a nearby park and had to hide, (laughs) I would find coworkers trying to seek me out. Wow. Wow, I'm telling you, that's the way people do you. Especially if they, too, are ones who eat at their desk, then they really don't know how to respect your time because they don't do it themselves. No. So, I'm telling you, trust me when I tell you, It goes down. Thank you so much for your comments and your thumbs up. Like I said, I know one of the disadvantages to working at home is you really don't take a, you know, real break. But do it at home, too. Do it at home, too, because the same things apply if you're working from home. Okay. All right. So what are we talking about today? We're into our news time. And, oh, I do have some stuff to talk about. Mm. I think I have a recap. Oh, wait. I know I do. I know I do. About our boy who jumped across the, uh, the, uh, over at the judge. Well, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Well, remember when we talked about this last, we talked about, um, you know, when he had to go back in front of the judge and they had the net over his face. He was all shackled up, opposed to when he went in front of the judge the time before when he was a free man behind the, the little table with his attorney, well 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 they say that he uh he went back before the judge and they say a grand jury returned with a nine count indictment against our boy Diabra Diabra Redden, who's 30 years old 30 years so, you messing yourself up at thirty. And they say, um, you know, they, they take us on a recap of the fact that, you know, he was getting um, you know, sentenced for that attempted battery case back on January third when he that's when he took the lunch over the bench. And mm mm mm. I don't know if you saw the video, but he was fighting everybody. Yeah, remember they said when he jumped across, he grabbed her hair. Remember they said he pulled some of her hair out? So they say that he's faced with attempted murder charge. Yes, because of him grabbing her hair, pulling her hair out, placing his hands around her throat, And they say, hitting her on the head by manner and means unknown. Didn't I tell y'all they come up with all of this stuff when it comes time to, you know, drum up these charges? Whoever heard of that? Whoever heard of that? Now, let me see if I can say it again. Hitting her on the head by manner and means unknown. You saw the video. What was unknown? He was swinging. That was it. <laughs> also, you saw him fighting um, the, uh, the staff. And they say that they got him off for punching and or kicking and or pushing. Man, he was swinging. When I watched the video, I was like, yo, you had to really watch the entire video because... Initially the video that I did watch Because I, if I want to talk about it I want to see it Because I don't want to talk about something That somebody just told me about I want to, If this video, I want to see it Because I want to be able to describe it But the first couple of videos that they put out They just put out the ones of him lunging at her Jumping across this, um, this, uh, d- this whole, whole bench um, here But when I looked at the um, longer video Man, they showed him back there. I mean, he was just throwing punches like crazy. And they said that his foster mother and an older sister told the reporters that he had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Now, they said the court record show, excuse me, show. That he was found competent to stand trial, so all of that stuff they're talking is, in other words, is going straight out the window. They, they, if they've already rendered him competent, it don't matter. It does not matter, and they're not going for that. So they're saying with his um, criminal history, he had three felonies and nine misdemeanors. Misdemeanors, excuse me, involving violent acts. Oh remember now, attempted murder, attempted murder, because you could not control yourself, attempted murder, Mm
0: -mm -mm. well,
2: you know, I remember when, I remember when uh, I had, you know, a lot more people in the church. And and they were all young people, all young people, all young adults. And God told me to do different stuff with them in church. You know, church was not like regular church. So we used to play games and do all kinds of things. And when I tell you that it exposed so many flaws in people, and again, in our younger people, it was like I used to sit back and go, wow. This is quite interesting. And I think it was even exposing stuff that they didn't even realize that they were going through. Well, 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 well. They have this Texan, Texas man who was sentenced for murder. Yes. Now, check this story out. You have this 32-year-old Cameron Hogg. Who pled guilty to the 22 2022 murder oh, that he committed? And let me tell you what happened. I don't even want to tell you what he. What, 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 I don't even tell you that way. I want to tell you this way. So he was playing basketball. Okay. With a young lady who was 21 years old. So he's 32, she's 21. (sighs) They were playing basketball and she beat him. So he left the park, took his kids home, came back, they say, minutes later and fired four shots at her and killed her. All because he lost. Yeah, it was just that simple. It was just that simple. So let me say this again. So they were playing basketball, all right? And she beat him fair and square. And he took his kids home, came back minutes later, and shot her four times and killed her. People really think when I say, I had to stop playing cards for years. I didn't play cards for about 10 years with people, with other people. No, spades. And I never gambled, just straight spades. Because a spades game would turn into something so violent. And I'm talking about people who didn't drink. I'm talking about when there's no intoxicants in the room, just straight drinking. Now, we're not even going to talk about, you know, growing up and seeing the people playing cards and then all of a sudden, you know, some stuff jumps off and feelings get hurt. And, yo, this, it's like it's just a game. So, needless to say, he wasn't really shooting her because she beat him. It's something that's, like, deeply rooted in him that can't deal with losing. And people walk around thinking they're okay. They, This is fine. This is fine to be so angry about losing a basketball game that I really take somebody's life over this. Now, again, he is 32 and she's 21. Two babies. Two babies. So now she has no life because she was good enough to beat him on the basketball court, and he has no life because he's going away for life. He's going, he didn't just gave up the rest of his life. Over something stupid, over something so silly that, yo, you lost. You lost. And that's simply it. But I'm telling you, I used to see this when you talk about, listen, I didn't know what was worse, whether it was the sore losers or the poor winners. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the way they used to go at it. And I'm like, this is the way y'all play games? It's like, this is fun. This is fun. I remember playing cards. It was a, a, a friend of mine, a guy and we were playing cards, and I hadn't seen him in years, But we, and we were here at Thanksgiving. We were playing cards, and we were playing against another, t- you know, two two people, family member and a friend. And we were just, we were losing, and we were high-fiving, and, you know, we were just really having fun because it was very old friends. So we were just, this, this is a time we were interacting, just acting silly, you know, all kinds of things, and they were like, you should have seen the way they were looking at us. Like, we were crazy because we were having a good time losing. And we were like, uh, it's just a game. You know, we grew up like this. It was just time for having fun. So, this just goes to show you that the mindset has to change. You know, and mom, you know, of the young lady, she says, you know, I forgive him. Um, I, I I just forgive him. And... Ah, uh, you know, she says you don't know what's on my heart. Um, I just want to see, you know, him, you know, get the justice, you know, that that you know the penalty he deserves. We get justice, but, you know, so thank God that after losing her 21 year old daughter, that she still has the love of God. Now this is talking. This is last week we talked about, you know you know, just showing biblical love. Well, this right here, if this ain't a turn the other cheek thing, I don't know what is. I don't know. What other crazy stories do we have? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, talking about the crazies. Again, we're talking about people who, you know, they just... Where's the, I don't understand. You know, I, I just give God things that, that I know the Lord because I'm telling you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't make it out of here. You'd be all bonkers and cuckoo. So there's a guy who's accused of murdering a woman he felt and believed was cooperating with um, the police um, against his nephew regarding a rape investigation. So he's being charged with first-degree murder And first-degree conspiracy to commit murder um, Of killing a young lady Who was found dead last December Him and a second man is accused of um, Actually committing the murder And all because his nephew raped someone and they found out that she was testifying against him. So he sets in motion a whole plan to kill her. Now this is not even you. Now I know we get involved with one another's uh, affairs and you know, it's family, and family got to stick together. And but he had nothing to do with the rape. There was his name was not mentioned or anything. But he had her supposedly. He had her killed because he felt she was being a snitch and providing the cops with information regarding her his nephew's whereabouts. So. He's mad at her for not minding her business, but he's not minding his business either. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, and other family members are, you know, they're talking and they're saying that they can't believe that this is where he went with this. You will. They, they don't believe that he did something like this. She leaves seven kids and a husband behind. All because it's had nothing to do with you. Mm-mm-mm. Oh boy. Well, I got a couple of minutes more before we get our due time crew on. So, they have this California elementary school teacher who they are trying to get rid of now, and she's on administrative leave, because they said during a, how do they put this? An unauthorized lockdown drill. So what they started doing was, because of all of the shootings, you know, they've put into place all of these different plans and things like this to help the kids for when things like this jump off. So they say that this was unauthorized. She had this lockdown drill. And during the drill, she proceeded to walk around pretending to shoot people with her finger and saying, boom, you're dead. And This is elementary school, so she's doing this, they say, in front of some first graders, and they were traumatized by what she was doing. One parent said that her son was really, really um, upset and frightened, shocked and surprised that, you know, this principal would walk around doing these things. Now, when they talked to the district, they said that these drills were not authorized they did not know that she was actually doing this. So, yeah, I wonder. And at the end of the day, she's told the staff and the, and um, and some of the kids that after the drill was finished, seven children were dead. Now, they can't get the rhyme or reason as to what she was really doing. They're supposing that, I guess she's showing, like, okay, so if you don't do this, boom, that's one kid out the way. And if something else wasn't done, boom, that's another child out of the way. And that's what they're supposing. But they don't know because they haven't gotten it out of her, really. So now the people are asking for her to be let go. Now, she's been this uh, principal for a minute now, and they are not appreciating her. So here's the point. No matter how great of a job she's done, it don't matter. It does not matter. All that matters is this is, and I'm not saying good, bad, right, wrong, and different. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you washed away whatever your point was. You washed away all the good stuff you did because they, they were enjoying her. She's been a principal for a minute. So, you know, this is, like, not a new principal to them. They, like, they don't care. Get rid of her. Mm. So not only are the parents saying they need to get rid of her, but the staff is saying they need to get rid of her. Mm. And one of, who's this, the parent? They say she does not have the trust of the community any longer, and they don't want her back at all. That That is quote unquote. I don't know. I want to hear from the Do Time crew and and figure out uh, what they're thinking. Let's hear from our girl, Tamika, and see what she feels uh, should be going down. Good morning, Tamika.
3: Good morning.
2: Monday, Monday
0: morning.
2: How are you today? I am well, thank you. How are you? You're able to sing this morning. How are you?
3: <laughs> I am doing just fine, thank you.
2: Good, good, good. Did you watch those Chiefs, girl? Did you see it?
0: Oh, yes, <laughs> I
2: <tried>. saw <laughs> Of
0: course.
3: I'm, i I'm, I'm not grating. Yeah, I am right because my team didn't win, but it's okay, it's okay. They did win, so.
2: <laughs> and they it's put fun. up a fight. My, my, my team put up a fight. Less. Oh my goodness! Oh, who were you, yeah, you, who know, were you initially were... rooting for?
3: Believe it or not, I actually was rooting for the for the Chiefs because I'm not really a San Francisco 49ers fan either.
2: <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All righty, but it was a good fight. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. Worth worth looking at. Yeah, worth looking but... at. All right, Tamika this morning we're talking about this attempted murder um indictment nine count indictment against the the judge jumper that's what we're gonna call him the judge jumper he jumped at the judge and now he's being indicted for Murder, attempted murder. Do you think it's too much, or do you think it's right on point? Well, um, I I
3: do believe that you know, for for a situation like that, it it deserves a hard sentence because literally he took a flying leap, and even if you just saw a portion of it, you know, um. Because when I first saw it, all I saw was the leap. I didn't see all of the kicking and the pulling and the, you know, they literally had to do a whole lot to get this man back under control. You know, right. they, they said it, they thought he was going to do one thing and then he did comp- um, something entirely different. And so, you know, this is something that definitely requires, you know, a hard standard. And so, you know, in the day and time that we live in now, you just can't say, oh, well, yeah, we'll just we'll just put them in, you know, and that'll be it. You know, you have to do something extreme because now we're at a time where we're having extreme measures.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I bet you he won't be jumping at nobody no more, girl. Ah. All righty. Let's see. What else did we talk about this morning? Okay, so you know we talked about being a, a, a just a, a, a poor loser, a sore loser rather, to the point where you're going to shoot somebody dead because she beat you at basketball. Talk about over the top.
3: Yeah, that's that's way over, over, over. You know, we we've. We, as as women, have seen many a times where, you know, whether it's basketball, football, whatever the the case is, where, you know, gentlemen, friends, you know, their whole entire night, their day, their week, you know, is ruined by a game, you know. And I have a sibling that I will not play anything with. You know, it was kind of Mm. funny because when we were children, my mother didn't allow us to play cards at all. So you know, she kind of loosened up a little bit, and she let us play Uno. My brother is the worst. When I tell you, sore loser ever. Mm. You know, I have had to. You know, when we were younger, I had to hide my Uno cards because when we would play, if he lose, he would cut the cards, he would throw them around the room. You know, oh, he would start flinging things. I remember one time we lost, and he flung the table across the room. You know, and Mm. so even as an adult, you know, um, at one point he was like, you want to play Uno? I said, "Mm -mm, because you don't know how to play. (laughs) He was like, no, I know how to play. No, because if you lose, it's over. And I'm a very good Uno player, you know. I just know how to strategize. I also can read my brother. So I automatically know, oh, he's got this in his hand. You know, I don't know exactly what he has, but I'm like, he don't have anything in his hand because the look on his face, you know. And so I automatically know. When I holler Uno, it's going to be a thing. And he got so bad one time. He took Uno cards and he shoved them in the side of his his, his pants. Well, he went to bend over, must have forgotten. And then I go seeing Uno cards on the side of his underwear. So I'm just like, you know, how low can you go? And then you still lose after having the cards ending. Well, wow. so, You know, you have some
2: really, really sore losers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gets extreme, and this is just, I mean, this is crazy, even what you're saying. But it's just the lengths that people will go to, you know, not to live, lose, I'm sorry, not to lose. Oh, my, 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 I tell you, amazing, amazing. Tell me about this teacher, this principal who walks around the school during her unauthorized lockdown drill and proceeds to point her finger at in a, in a gun motion, like she's firing a gun, boom, you're dead. And at the end, she claims that, what, six kids were, seven kids were dead by the time she finished. They want to get rid of her, should they?
3: Yeah, that's not something that you should play with, especially, you know, on a school property. Um, There, you know, there's a, you know, uh, a rule that even says that you can't play with gun toys. You as an administrator, you who are supposed to, you know, uphold what is happening on the premises, you know, this is something that you take upon yourself to do to somebody, you know, and they're traumatized. I don't think that that's fair. And, And, you know, it's if, if not just the students, the staff as well. Because my thing is if you walked around doing that, I'm sure that's not the only time and that's not the only thing. What else have you done? Because, you know, I would get to the point where we start videotaping. What is it that you're doing on the premises? But at this point, when staff, in in, in addition to students, are saying you got to go, you don't go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because why wouldn't the staff take up for her? Oh, you know she meant this or she meant that. Exactly. I'm sure she didn't mean any harm. Yeah, why? And that's what I paid attention to. Why wouldn't the, even the staff kind of have your back, even if they didn't agree with what you did? You know they would they they would normally you know come out and say, well, you know I don't agree, but she's good for the students and this way that way this way that way and this way. What's the, you know, so what's the deal with that? So I, I kind of agree with you. Even when the staff says it, you, it may be time for you to go because these are the people that are working with you. You know, you always got those unreasonable parents, you know, where they're going to take up for their kid It doesn't matter what the kid did and all that kind of stuff. But when you're at the point where even the staff goes, okay, you know what, that's where you really draw the line. And because of that, she need to go. I think there's something that you need to look into. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's speak to Pastor K. L and see what he has to say about all this madness. Good morning, Pastor K. L.
1: Monday, Monday morning (laughs) comes (laughs)
2: to Goodness gracious, goodness gracious. Good
1: morning, Pastor Uh, Steph. How are you? I am
2: well, thank you. I am well, thank you. How are you, Pastor KL?
1: Man, I felt like it was just Friday yesterday. I was Monday already. I
2: know, I know. It's like these days are flying by. We are really almost in the middle of February already. I was like, yo, today is actually the 12th. I don't know. Yes, Is time flying by for you two?
1: It it it's it's gone. I'm already at Christmas.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
2: my goodness gracious. <laughs> well, Pastor Kale, we've talked about this this uh Las Vegas judge jumper before, but now he has gone and uh the grand jury has spoken nine count indictment, and he is being oh my goodness he is being indicted for attempted murder. Do you feel this is too much or right on right not enough or right on point
1: well well twofold in 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 my opinion i I think it's right on point however i think. If it was a light skin on the other side, he he wouldn't have got this much. He wouldn't have got this oh. much. But I, I think we're setting the example because it's one of us. But if it was one of them, he wouldn't have got this much. But I, okay. I do feel that you know it's it, 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 it's definitely valid. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well. What about this um, this poor loser, the one who, at thirty five, is killing a twenty one year old woman? A man is killing a woman because he lost at a basketball game with her.
1: What do you think about that one? Well, I think that's pretty pretty sad. But I will say this: I, I am a sore loser.
2: I, I am yeah, one time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I remember one time I, I took a trip with someone in Detroit and we was playing spades. And in my mind, I was like, if we lose this game, we might not get back on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I tell you you can't play with church folk either? Did I say
2: that? Did I say that, listening audience? You can't even play with the church.
1: Table, oh, my said, listen, I'm too anointed to lose. So if we lost, I know they lost their <laughs> anointing. <laughs> he said he's too anointed to lose. Oh my goodness <laughs> I'm telling so, you, you could... I, I think it's horrible. I, I think it's horrible. I really, <laughs> really think it's horrible. I mean, it, it's why? Because she's gonna have bragging rights, and you embarrassed? I mean, because that's all it is—is is embarrassment. Right. So are you, right. are you that embarrassed? That—that's ridiculous. So now, are, are, are you embarrassed because you're losing the bubble? bubble Bubba winning all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Isn't? I mean, it—the uh, sore loser, you know. And, and you're, yeah, you're a sore loser. You're a sore loser. You're, so you're, you're a big sore loser.
1: Um, Watch your mouth now. Watch your mouth.
2: And what is it about the men that I mean just hate to lose? Is it the bragging rights thing, and you know you 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 just feel embarrassed like that? I mean, is it really that real?
1: Well, I don't. I, okay, so I guess the basketball thing is it, it, is the embarrassment. You know, um, I think for me for cars, yeah, it, it, it was it was I wasn't embarrassed. It was just. You know, the bragging rights. How, how dare you beat me? Especially if you beat me in my house. You know, if we in my house, no, and you, no. no, no. But what about, you know, house rules? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know, I, I, just, I, oh, I don't understand goodness. how people don't know the rules when it comes to you. And, and then, listen, watch this. While, while, while they're beating you, you know, they're they eating the barbecue chicken. They're eating the hot wings. Yeah. You know, in your house. No, you got to go. You got to get off my table. So I got to lose and feed you? No, I'm not doing that. You know (laughs) what? It is
2: so ridiculous. Oh, my goodness gracious but it 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 gets it just really gets that real, and Tamika just got finished talking about the uno cards and I mean but it just and that's the sad part you know you when you talk about adults, you know it this is why it is so important I'm very serious, this is why it is so important that you teach children oh 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 oh, oh while we're here, while we're here, while we're here, I want you two to answer something for me, and I'll start with you, pastor can no, you know what, let me grab Tamika real quickly so what happens with this thing here now where you don't want your kid to lose? All the children got to win. So there's some level of competition, but everybody's got to get a prize. What do you say about that, Tamika? Is that helping with this sore loser thing?
3: Absolutely not, you know. Um, Al and I have talked about that ad nauseum, you know. Um, because he works for the school, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, you Uh, um, There is, you know, he does what they call um, incentives, you know, for Mm -hmm. school children, those that are doing this, those that are doing that, you know. And in the end, you know, after we've seen what you can accomplish, what you can acquire, those that have rated higher will get a higher prize, you know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were telling Al how to do it. Oh, well, you need to give everybody a prize. He's like, no. You know, if you haven't done anything scholastically, you haven't tried to achieve, you started with a, with a 60 and, and here we are halfway toward, towards the end of the year and you're still with a 60 or a 62, why am I giving you something? You know, you haven't, you know, because in life you're going to go through the same thing. Sometimes you're going to go higher mm-hmm. and sometimes you won't, you know, at, at your workplace. Those that achieve the most will get the accolades. You need to understand that from kindergarten up because that's how life is. And if I reward you now and then you get in high school and I keep rewarding you, even in a household, you know, you're not, you're not doing anything scholastically. I buy you these expensive shoes that are, you know, they, that's a folder. That's, that's two or three bills. And I just bought a pair of stickers for you and you still sitting there with an F as, as, a, as a high achievement, an F plus. That, what, what is that doing? You know, that, that rewards you for everything that you've done good, bad, or indifferent. So you're expecting everybody to be that. You get into a relationship. You're expecting mm-hmm. her to take care of you. You get married. You're expecting her to, you know, sponsor you regardless of you. You haven't worked in a year and you haven't looked for anything, you know. And so this is what happens. And you keep being promoted and passed to individuals who keep giving you a pass. You learn, you start learning from kindergarten forward and you, you carry that on into adulthood. Mm-hmm.
2: I always say, big messes were once a little mess. Yes, I agree. All right, Pastor KL, what say you? You know that we have moved into a season where you know years ago we used to have to tough it out. You lost, you lost. You you won, you won. But now they want to just have this you know everybody wins thing. Is that fair? And does that feed this poor loser, sore loser? Issue
1: now now personally, I think that's the stupidest thing in the world, and I didn't realize that um that they were doing that until you know my grandchildren were in sports, and you know I'm yelling I'm yelling at the game, hey defense da 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 da, and then like, why are you yelling? everybody wins, How can everybody win if they got fifty points you got two? everybody <laughs> ain't win there, there, there's something wrong over here. You know, play some defense. Do something. Throw the ball. Do something. <laughs> and they like, well, Mr. Frazier, you know, we're we, we're trying to to have a, a nice game where everybody wins. I said, so let me ask you a question. What do y'all do at practice? Right. I mean, what what is it? What what's the motivation? You know what I mean? That that maybe if I if I practice harder, I can play harder, and I might be able to win. If I'm going to right. win, whether I practice, why? Well, why I'm taking this child and wasting my gas to come here to practice? Right. So take right. the ball, dribble two steps, sit on the bench. I won. <laughs> and, then, and then,
3: and then they have
1: the audacity to have trophy night, and you know your child got splinters in his behind the whole season, <laughs> and he comes home with a with a trophy, smiling ear to ear, like he like he dunked it fifty times. You are a loser. Mm-mm. All right, okay, now. Sorry, I got, it I is got so a little true. long behind
2: that one. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, It's true. It's really, really true. I have a comment. This is why these kids are soft and emotionally challenged. Now, it's true. It's true. Everything these kids everything break these kids they it breaks these kids down now you know I, I, I y'all always hear me talk about mariah who's 9 she'll be 10 and i have to tell you i compare her to her mother and her, her aunt i'm like yo where do you come from you yo they, these girls are tough where do you come from your grandmama, i'm tough where do you come from and I, I, it's, it's, I'm like, why? You can't yell. You can't do it. She, the, if you had, she talks incessantly, and she's been doing this since she was two. If you tell her, if you look at her and say, Mariah, Mariah, please, please, just please stop talking. Oh, the world <laughs> is crushed. The world, what's the matter with you? You said I can't talk. Shut up! be quiet stop talking we're talking too much it's, it's, she couldn't even handle us asking her and nobody yelled we were just like mariah please just stop talking and it like crushes their world everything is so heavy for them and if we do go into this mentality where everyone wins then as you both have said where's the challenge where how do you you know Go forward, what are you aiming for if I don't have to do anything and i win then what's the point? what's the point of doing anything what's the point of working what's the you you have to achieve in life and achieving is not getting what everyone else gets so i i'm I'm happy that uh that uh I'm not the only one on this this uh this thought process you know i I thought about that. Because we talk about that all the time, you know, with this, um, in this, with this uh, thing, with this losing and winning, and so so forth and so on. And it's it's really, it is a very dumb mentality because it's a dog eat dog world out here. And if you going into this world where everybody wins, oh goodness gracious! All right, Pastor Kale, for our finals, thank you so much for indulging me in my question. All right, so. The California elementary school principal, Pastor Carol, who walked around with her with, with, during the drill, you know, I guess, I guess she was supposed to be preparing the kids for if a, a, a shooter were to walk into the school and she's walking around, boom, you're dead, boom, you're dead. They really have no rhyme or reason as to why she did this. Only what they think her goal was, should she be gone? They're like, get rid of her. And somebody did ask one of our listeners did ask which side of the fence she is on, and she is on our side of the fence. So, do you think she should be gone?
1: Yeah, yeah. She 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 holds the the highest position in the school, you know. And the body is only as good as the head. So if the head is not together, how can you expect the body to be together? And then if the children, let's just say the children are not, not afraid of that, but, but yet they're pumped up by that. Now, if they start bringing guns to school, whether it's a BB gun, a water gun, or a regular gun, now you're upset at the child and the parent. But yet you're encouraging this. Yeah, you got to be gone. All righty.
2: All righty. Uh, I'll weigh in at this moment plain and simple, I weigh in with you too and say yes, get rid of her. I think if you're trying to if you're talking about shooting, do we wanna act that out? I think there were so many different things she could have done if, if her if her if her point was, okay, so your misstep or your lack of following protocol or your lack of thinking or your slow movement to cover the children and protect them, cause someone to die. I think there were more ways you could get that point across. So I I agree, she should be gone. She should be gone. Thank you for indulging me in our news. Well, we're talking about relationships on Relationship Monday. And I think you're going to like this story. This story is about a husband who... When she was dating him and married him, she understood that he was a nudist. He liked to be in the nude on a regular basis. They are both 48 from London. And, you know, she was horrified at the fact that, you know, he liked to be in the nude and she thought that after he, she married him, that this would kind of simmer down. But at the end of the day, it didn't. Not only didn't it calm down, but after a while, they are now both nudists. <laughs> she says, one day I came home early from work, and he was naked at his desk, And we had a massive argument, and we agreed he would cover up while I was around. She said later on, she ended up warming up to the idea of clothing optional living. After attending a drawing class in which, check this out, the naked people were sketching someone who was clothed. Because normally it's always the opposite. But this time it was the naked painters and artists. And she said that she realized at that point that her preconceptions of naturism, which is what they call it, were wrong. She said it wasn't a bunch of weirdos. People weren't objectifying people. It wasn't a place to perv on people. And she she went to a class where they normalized nudity. And she became a part of that class. And she said, I took my dress off. And everyone carried on doing what they were doing. It was quite unremarkable. And now she considers herself a naturist. I hope that's what I said the first time. Um, She said that she uh, went out nude in front of other people, and initially she put on a bikini because it was a particularly hot day. It was during COVID, during the lockdown, and she also felt comfortable When her husband started shedding his clothes, and she then took that bikini off. And now this is a way of living. Tamika, what's your thought?
3: Well, I mean, (laughs) what, what you do in your home, you know, you have the full reign to do that. I mean... But, I mean, so where are they going? You know, you can't tell somebody what to do in the confines of their home. I mean, but if you just go outside, you just decide you're on the street, it's worth the time. <laughs> Things change. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: what do you think of the fact that here she is, she starts off where she, this is like, you know, something that she really despises and she doesn't understand and she can't do it but after a while because she, her husband is not is not the only one who she's seeing comfortable with being a nudist um other people she's going to classes and other areas where people are also nude and now i'll join the club what do you think of that
3: I think that was an exposure thing. You know, um, she was dead set against Here's the thing that makes me scratch my head. And this is something that I see people engaging in relationships all the time. If that is something that you know you don't like, if that is something that you're not comfortable with, if that is something that you feel uneasy about, why do you keep doing it? You know, so, and and that's the part that makes me question, you know, and and that's with anything. In this instance, we're talking about nudity. You know, in in another instance, it could be cigarettes. It could be weed. It could be drinking. It could be, you know, someone that you know is a drug dealer, you know. Those are the questions that make me, we're talking about she was engaging in a relationship. And prior to marriage, this wasn't like she showed up, you know, um, doing this something afterwards. That's the question that gets me, like, if you know something that you don't like, you know, that you're not comfortable with, why did you continue to go
2: forward? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Would you have married him if he were a nudist and you weren't? And that was pretty much all that you saw that, you know, separated you two. Would you have married him?
3: I can't see that I would, you know. Um, apparently she must have, you know, weighed the options. That's the part that that, that I don't understand because if if that bothers you to that degree So maybe in some in her mind well, you know, you you kinda shaking your head, it's eh, not that bad. But it obviously was. If it you know, if you're telling him to wear clothes in the hood, you know, while you're there. And it, it does probably So where is the compromise? And why did you compromise? Mm,
2: okay. Okay. Pastor KL, what do you think of this whole scenario?
1: Well, I mean, the, the first thought that went through my mind is that you knew you was marrying Adam. You, you, I mean, th- there was no there was no misunderstanding. He was in the garden and he was doing what he wanted to do. And you knew you knew who he was. So how was you not, how, how was you um, upset at that or didn't dislike that? And then how did you dislike it so much that you joined in? So you changed your whole lifestyle to do something that, that you were never comfortable with, that, that you didn't, you you, you wasn't in agreement with. I mean, that that, that shows me <laughs> the, the non-stableness of you. You know, I, I, I'd be afraid for him, and I'd be afraid for you because you, you're double-minded. And we always know that you're unstable. So, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that.
2: Okay. Yeah, it, it was a puzzle. T- I, it was something that made me scratch my head. Um, would you have married her? in the beginning if she were a nudist and you were so it repulsed you so much
1: not at all i wouldn't yep. even date you i mean we we, we wouldn't get to a point of being married we would have had a conversation about it and if you were still strong about your feelings hey if those are your views and you're strong strong about that that's fine i'm not with that you know you could be a drug dealer and make it a whole lot of money i, I don't. i don't wish to have my my furniture like that However, if you think that's the best way you can live, then you need to go live by yourself.
2: Okay, okay. Well, I I, I, I happen to agree. The, my first question was, you were so repulsed by this, how did you even agree to marry? You know, she says in the article that when she came home and she, he was sitting at the desk nude, and they got into this massive argument well, why why, why? why are you arguing? why are you arguing first of all, it's your husband so you haven't you seen him nude? But if him just sitting at the desk nude bothered you, then you should have known this because it says that he, from the very beginning, he told her he was a naturist, I think that's what they call it. That's what he told he said he he really did not let me put it this way he preferred not having clothes on if he didn't have to have any clothes on, he would never wear clothes. He only wears clothes because he absolutely has to, so he was very, very honest and upfront, and that's the one of the thing that's one of the things we talk about here consistently is communication. Honesty, and it's like, what more do you want? He was honest, and now you're arguing, but then, because you go to a couple of classes, one where the people who were drawing were in the nude, and some other class you went to, and because it's normalized, now you think, now that you are not normal and now you need to come and change your values the way you think yeah that that's a little much for me that that's a little much for me and to each his own but she what she says is she's really enjoying this naturist lifestyle and naturism is what they call it and uh that's what they do now that's what they do mm. okay well, thank God that Nate uh, uh, is the only thing he does, because if he was a drug dealer or a murderer or something else, maybe she would have gone along with that, too. Maybe not. But mm, if he could flip her on that one, you don't know what else he could flip her on that. That's all I'm thinking of. All right. We're talking about couples. We've got a few more minutes. This was a really interesting story. So you have this New York City cop couple. Oh boy. What a mess. So there's a Bronx sergeant who ended up being in, getting involved with um a cop. I guess she was a regular patrol officer. And he's 40 and she's 28 and they ended up meeting on the job and they got They got together, they started dating, but it wasn't common knowledge because it's, they don't allow sergeants and regular patrol people to date. So the, her boss made a pass at her. He was very honest about how he felt and she thanked him, but then told him that she was not interested she just simply wasn't interested in him. And she says that regardless of whether she was dating someone else or not, she simply wasn't interested in him. So he then went, started going kind of like bonkers in, internally. And they said despite her rejections, he continually asked her if she could be with him. And said, but check this out, said to her, you're so much better than my wife. So he he was married, but kept pursuing her. Now, she's the face of the billboards that they have some campaign going on. So she's supposedly, you know, a nice looking person or whatever. And she's the face of their campaign, one of their campaigns. So they say things got worse. Because what happened was she told them that she was pregnant. And after that, he really began to go crazy as he started to go digging to find out who the father was. Now, I don't know why he automatically assumed that she was pregnant by another police officer, but he that's the way he felt. And they say he began searching her license plate in the NYPD plate reading system to see where she'd been driving. He would search all the vehicles assigned to the command to see which officers were driving near her home. Now, he eventually found out that it was this sergeant. And he was really upset for two reasons. One, because you're not supposed to be dating. But that probably, you know, wasn't going to be no big deal to him until... He found out it was somebody else on the job, and he could not have her. So then they say he tried to get him kicked out of the precinct and um, started lying, saying that he stole vacation time and all other kind of things, and later on they found out that that wasn't true. They say that he stripped her of her car, so she had a patrol car. He took her car. And assigned her on a foot post. He assigned her to overnight shifts for two months. And he made her life miserable. So eventually she filed a complaint. And they went back to the first issue of, okay, she's not supposed to date anybody. So what they did was they ended up separating the two of them. You know, he had to where one stayed and one left. Um, And they work in, uh, one works in the Bronx and one works on the Upper East Side and another precinct. They have, um, she won a sexual harassment lawsuit for $225,000, but he never lost his job, The, the bigger guy, never lost his job and never was penalized. But all of this was going on. Do you feel there should be a nepotism policy at the job um Tamika? I'm
3: sorry i Gonna have to Google nepotism. I apologize. Oh, meaning
2: you can't. You it can be family. <laughs> you can't date. You can't date anybody on the job. You can't their family. You can't be underneath like a daughter couldn't work underneath her mother or father or grandfather or an uncle. You, you, there's no dating or anything like that on the job. Do you feel a that that should be going on? Do you feel that the um what do you think about all of the harassment that she um, experienced and the, the other, and the sergeant from this other person?
3: Um, I, I I definitely do. Um, thank you very much for that clarity. Um, but, yeah, um, because, you know, it, it's, it's really sad that you should have to do that, but you think about it, and just because you put on a uniform doesn't necessarily make you you know, now of a sudden, you know, fit into that mold or, you know, you're all blue. You no, know, you're, you're human first. And here we go again. We just talked about a spoiled sport. Now, if this gentleman isn't a spoiled sport, you know, the the difference between him and the other gentleman is that he didn't kill anybody,
0: but he made this woman's
3: life miserable simply because she said no. He didn't have to go through all these extremes of finding out who she was pregnant by. If I told you no. You know, let's go back to the old commercials. No means no. You know, and you still push, even the, the the fact that you're married doesn't even stop that. The fact that she's dating someone else doesn't stop it. There's no level, no degree of harassment that you wouldn't do, you know. And you're not only harassing her, you're harassing the gentleman that she's um, involved with, you know. And there's no repercussions for you. You should be, <laughs> they should find some type of facility for you, you know. If they sit you in there with Big Bubba for, you know, a month or so, so you can get your life together. But that is horrible that you would do something like that, her.
2: All righty, all righty. Pastor KL, what you got to say about this thing here?
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, not only in the force, you know, again, everybody know I work in retail. You, you can't hire family members in the same store. You know, that, that just does not happen. You know, for, for a lot of reasons, especially, especially if you're the manager and, you know, she's a subordinate because now they feel the favoritism. You know, when mm-hmm. every time she wants a day off, she's fine. Every time she calls out or no call, no show, she still got a job. You know, there's always a family emergency, you know, and then when they want to go on family trips, they both leave. So now you leave the store, mm-hmm. you know, say um, susceptible because you don't have enough coverage. But not only that, I, I I I asked, why did the woman herself not report it? You know, why why did, did she not complain about what was going on? You know, because now it looks like, you know, you got a problem with him now that that he outed you. You know, I I I always say have your have your paper trail together. You know, if, if he's doing all of this then, yeah, he they should have attacked him before all this stuff ever happened, before he he realized that she was pregnant. Because every time you keep saying, no, I don't want to go out with you, no, and you keep on pursuing me, that is harassment. Mm-hmm. So at some point, mm-hmm. she, she should have said, hey, listen, I'm tired of this. But you forget why I don't want to go, go out with you. The, the answer is, I don't want to go out with you. You know, so he should have pursued that, And I think if she had pursued that and and created a case for that, it would have never gotten to who she was pregnant about. She'd have been gone. Well,
2: unfortunately, this is what the constant complaint is, even with the, you know, with the uh, Diddy-type stories or the R. Kelly-type stories or the Bill Cosby tops, uh, uh, or the what's the other guy who walks around now with uh, a walker, um, Harvey Weinstein, you know, these are my subordinates. And, you know, unfortunately, they pose a threat, you know, that a lot of women uh, complain about stuff like that. You know, I don't turn them in when it's at, at, at this level of me just saying no. Other women would. Other women would definitely see it as harassment and they would be like, you know what, I don't care. I'll just take the L or I'll just, you know, deal with the consequences. But a lot of times this is, you know, um, um, the reality because others have and they have suffered a dire consequence for opening up their mouth. Uh, I, too, you know, always say, why wait? You know, you have these people waiting for years and all of this kind of stuff before they get the quote-unquote courage to say it. Um, but this is what's happened because these people have made their lives miserable. You know, now, 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 she would have never thought that it would have escalated to that degree had she, um, when she mentioned that she was pregnant. I'm pregnant. Your biggest issue should be whether you feel like I could do this job, or how well I can do my job now that I'm pregnant. Now who I'm dating. So now you all are on a manhunt to find out, you know, who she's dating. Where you taking pop? your the the business. You know this NYPD uh, thing that they use the license plate finder. That's for the job's purpose. That's not for your harassment and uncontrollable urges to find out exactly what's going on so that's what you know to answer your question this is exactly why people don't complain and she ended up getting it anyway and it's sad it's really sad you know that i got to worry about if i say something I'm going to lose my job. Or if I say something, you're going to go into this har- this extra harassment mode. So do you think $225,000 is a good compensation for her sexual harassment settlement? Pastor K. L. Yeah,
1: I I, I can see what I can do with $225,000 right now. All you got to do it. is ha- say hello, sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think, that, I, think that, I, think that, I think that's pretty good, to be honest with
2: you. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a wonderful and blessed day. You as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, what a scenario both Mm. well it's the top of the hour as i call it and it's time for the switch with shanties let's say good morning to shanties good morning shanties
3: good morning pastor steph how are you
2: i'm well thank you how are you
3: i'm fine thank you
2: that's good that's good what you got for us today
3: Okay, today I have the switch with Shantis where we make the switch from the street to our godly seat. And I've had to still pass the steps after listening to you break this story down and you giving the example of how God <laughs> had you dealing with us and implementing certain things into the Sabbath day into the service and when we would go on our retreats and even sometimes when we would just be here chilling after the service, I was like, no, we we have to touch on this, especially as millennials because we are now, it's like, wow, like we're actually the adult adults, y'all. Like we're the adults, like for real. And not only are we the adults, but we are now raising whether it's your own biological children or you're assisting someone else in raising their children, whether you're an aunt, uncle, teacher, neighbor, whatever. We are now teaching these, what is it, Generation D's and, and, and the Alphas and
0: yeah, we, we gotta Alphas get this together. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, the, the Alphas. Switch tip 177 is stop being sensitive. And we understand, those of us who try to grasp the holes of common sense, we understand that having a level of sensitivity is really, you know, good because it shows your compassion, it shows your empathy, it shows that you know how to empathize with others, meaning you can show that you're able to relate to others, so you show that compassion and that sympathy. But you have to make sure that there is a healthy balance. And the only way to have a healthy balance is to have God in your life. Because without God, you're either going to be super sensitive or you are going to be super prideful. There will be no balance. So I pulled up the definition of sensitive and the first definition really caught my attention because I wasn't anticipating reading anything like this. And it says, quick to detect or respond to slight changes, signals, or influences, and a couple of Synonym phrases are quick to respond Or quick to be reactive to And I really like the wording the, the way this definition was worded was what really caught my attention And as I was reading that I thought of one of my memory verses James 119 But I'm going to read it in the amplified version And that reads Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters Let everyone be quick to hear Be a careful, thoughtful listener Slow to speak a speaker of carefully chosen words and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. When you are really quick to detect or respond, when you are really quick to react and point out different changes and all that, you're not listening. You're not speaking. Be a speaker of carefully chosen words. You ain't doing none of that.
2: Pastor Steph brought up.
3: Stop playing spades, so like I didn't learn how to play spades until 2017. Because growing up, all I saw were fights happening at the spades table, and that just turned me off. And I grew up in a family where it was nothing to bust out a, 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 a Scrabble or whatever boy game, whether it was a kids' boy game or you were playing, you know, with your adults during family time or whatever. It was nothing to do that. But in time, the spades table when i saw them legs unfolding like nah, i gotta relocate to another room where the other kids i want no part because it was just too much they were too quick to detect what someone else was doing wrong according to them they were too quick to react they were too no one was listening no uh the, the speaking of carefully words no 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 one was trying to do that so we really have to make sure that we have this balance of being sensitive Showing that compassion, showing that sympathy, even to yourself. Because see, a lot of this being sensitive, there's a lack of compassion, sympathy, and empathy that you have for yourself. A lot of times we think about it being towards others. We don't think about it being towards ourselves. Proverbs 16.32 New Living Translation reads, Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. So this just tells us, the value that God holds self-control. When you are quick to detect other things, when you are quick to respond, there is no self-control because there is no balance because you're not being quick to listen. You just want to speak, and you don't care what words you use as long as you feel like you are satisfying yourself. Attention, God's people. I'm going to read this verse. 1 John 2:26, in the message version. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him, which means this being highly sensitive has everything to do with the world and the one who rules the world, which is the devil. Everything that goes on in this world, wanting your own way. If you think about yourself, if you're the highly sensitive one or those who are really sensitive, just go back to the story that Pastor Steph brought up earlier about the man who lost the basketball game and went back and shot. It reminds me of that movie, Afresh. If you never saw it, watch it. You wanted your own way. You wanted to be deemed important. You didn't feel like you were important. You felt really small because a female beat you in this game. So what? It just meant that she was better than you, whether she was better than you overall or she was better than you just that day. Maybe you had a bad day. But because you felt small and you didn't feel important, whether it was because of gender, size, age, whatever, and because you wanted your own way, you now took the life of someone because you were highly sensitive. Proverbs 3, verse 5, in the amplified version, reads, Trust in and rely constant. Confidently on the Lord with all your heart And do not rely on your own insight Or understanding And because so many people Choose not to go the God route Their understanding is horrible You don't understand anything Only thing you understand is how you feel And one of the things that really came to mind As Pastor Steph was talking And I was thinking about us millennials Is we have to make sure that we're paying it forward A lot of us grew up either in a balanced household or we grew up with some real tough family members where they could have shown a little more compassion, but they didn't. But now because you're choosing to be so sensitive, now we're pushing sensitivity onto these kids. We have to make sure that we're making the conscious decision of making the switch from being too quick to detect something wrong, whether it's with yourself or with someone else being quick to respond, being quick to be reactive, and make sure we're making a switch to stop being so sensitive because look at what's going on. It is resulting in fatalities. It is resulting in these kids not understanding. I completely agree with you, Pastor Seth. This whole every child wins. No, I get mad at that. I want to shut the whole game down because it is not teaching any of us to have a healthy balance. So let's make sure we're making a switch and God is giving us the balance on being too sensitive and too prideful so that we now know not only how to be for ourselves, but how to not help these kids. Thank you, Pastor
2: Steph. Thank you, Shantese. Thank you. What's your switch tip again? Stop
3: being sensitive.
2: All right, all right. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Ah, oh, let's get this benediction hmm. hmm, kind of tossed between two, but I'll go with this one. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all second corinthians thirteen fourteen uh I don't sometimes I well, I always try not to um, when I speak behind Shantice's tip. I don't. I always try to watch what I say because I don't want to feel like I'm kind of like saying too much on top, as though she hasn't said enough. But I never have a closing. The closing is always kind of formulated uh, at this point of the. Of the show where I kind of pull all of it together and something may stick out, something doesn't. There's something that stuck out with what Shanti said, and when I think about the stuff that we talked about today, um, it fits perfectly. Resilience. That's the word I was looking for. I was like, oh, tough. Trying to think of some synonyms for tough And I was like, oh, resilient That Goes with the, the the conversation About being A sore loser You know, with the individual Who shot the uh, young lady um, It goes with the guy Who jumped across The uh, table You know, at the judge Who lunched at the judge because you were being sentenced for your behavior, and years ago we could, you know, we would say if you can't, don't dish it. If you can't take it, it's a form of being resilient. But we talked about uh, the, um, mm-hmm. the 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 uh, the couple who had this. Uh, you know, she started off one way, and then she ended up conforming. You know, to this nudist. Um, you know, lifestyle or naturism, however they call it, and stand your ground, stand your ground, be firm in what you do, be firm in, you know, what you feel, stand your ground. You know, just because you walked into an arena where people had normalized nudism or naturism or however you want to say it, that didn't make it right. And and those were the reasons, and I'm only jumping on that Because that, that's the reason she gave She said because she had been in a couple of classes Where, you know, she was pretty much the only one Who was squirmish at this, you know, nudity You know, open nudity And, uh, you know, she ended up conforming after a while When it looked normal and she felt like a fish out of water And, you know, then we talked about Uh, Shanti talked about the sensitivity and resilient. And and one of the things I wanted to bring out, because I always talk about this, you hear me talk about this in many shapes, forms, and fashions here on this due time, Um, being resilient, I think a lot of people are not going to make it into the kingdom because they are not resilient. I don't know who will and who won't. I don't have that say. But when I read again, when I read, when I study, and I look at what God is looking for, and I think we miss that mark a lot. I, and, and I say we because it took me a while to get there. But I'm trying to help you get to where God has pulled me to. I I I, I want you to think about what God wants. What does he want to get out of our life? What does he want us to do? What does he want us to come through? What does he want us to fight through? You know, you, you, you put on the armor. Put on the armor of God. And the reason why I say I think a lot of people are going to miss the mark of, king, of being in the kingdom is because a lot of times, People walk away from God because of his chastisement. People walk away from God because they can't take, you know, what God is saying. And when the mirror is held up in front of them, they buck and run. You know, they're not, you know, God says that there will be no cowards in the kingdom. And whether you seem to think that this is okay, or not. What does God say? What is he saying about all of this stuff that we're either doing or not doing that he expects us to do? What is God saying about the way you think and your mentality? You know, I was talking to <laughs> I was telling them on Sabbath. I said, "You know, I remember cuz we we had a good 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 study. Um, and it was really uh, look in the mirror time, and boy, a whole lot of confessions were coming out. And you have to face you. And I remember being told, you know, I feel like every time um, you get every week you give a sermon, you're talking about me. And I said, Wow, wouldn't that be a perfect world? That Pastor Steph is. Prepped all week to give a sermon just for you. There are 40 people in the room, but you're the only person God is thinking about. Boy, wouldn't that be a perfect world? I wish I was on God's radar like that where he does not think of anybody else but Stephanie. I said, I'm sorry. The world just doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. He loves every. Every one of us And when that sermon Or that lesson Hits the floor If the shoe fits Wear it Why are you taking offense to it Opposed to finding Whether this applies to you Or making it apply to you How about that But Subsequently They ended up leaving church Because they did not like And I brought this up last week There was another relationship that they had with me first, and they literally said, I love that person, but I don't like the leader. And you didn't like the leader because there's only one thing I I have for you, and that's the Word of God. So while everyone else was absorbing what was given, whether it was applicable to them directly or not, or fit what they may have been going through or not, You took it as something completely different. And because you were over in the corner, because you weren't resilient enough to stand up and take it. I tell y'all all all the time, God just snatches me in my collar. Boy, if I coughed too hard. God's like, "Uh uh-uh. You coughed on the right? No, you should have been coughing on the left. He's challenging everything I do. And everything I do, he makes me think about it. Everything is, is that what you're supposed to do? It doesn't mean that I'm doing anything wrong necessarily. But again, I love the challenge. I love always reviewing what I do and asking myself, okay, you just read such and such a thing before you give that sermon. How does it apply to you, Stephanie? Can, is there anything else you can change, Stephanie? Can the can the congregation look at you and go, mm, she giving that message? She need to take that for herself. Are you resilient enough to take the chastisement? Or are you over in the corner every time something is said to you, whining and crying about how tough this is? Because at the end of the day, will that cost you the kingdom? Will you not make it in because you over in the corner whining and crying? Or are you going to get a thick skin and say, all right, God, if you got to beat me up, then come on. Because I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it, God is not only approaching you from one angle. Oh, he, he's not that kind of God. Why does the Bible tell us to put on our breastplate, our helmet, our sandals? It's not only for, to, 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 to be against and, and to be prepared for the enemy. It's to be prepared for life. And the dots are going to come at you every which way possible. That's life. Life is going to hit you when you, you break your ankle. You're going to think that the ankle's broken. Boy, i got to focus on this ankle. And the next thing you know, you're going to have a headache. And the next thing you know, you're going to be throwing up. And the next thing you know, your arm is going to be hurting. And the next thing you know, your finger's going to be broken. And the next thing you know, your knee's going to be hurting. That, such is life. Are we going to take what God gives us and allow it to toughen us up and correct us? Are you going to allow God to make your crooked ways straight? Because that's exactly what's happening. Or are you going to be over in the corner whining and crying? About, oh, they said this and they said that and they did this and they did that and oh, this said this, this and this says Yo, get it together. If you want to make it in, you're going to have to be tough. You're going to have to leave that sensitivity on the side. Otherwise, you're going to be sent to the left for those who will be left out. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity, to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.